0: Hello, this is what they stole from us. My name is John and I'm your host. And today I wanted to talk about censorship. Specifically, censorship affects expectation versus reality. I have a friend who is a leftist and an established member of the Democratic Party. He is a person I know personally and I do care about. I met him doing social work for troubled teens. He's a good guy with a good heart that I have respect for. I got the idea for this subject from talking to him and watching and interacting with the people on his page. I have been reported countless times on his page for the most tame milquetoast of comments. I have seen them celebrate and rejoice the censorship of people who they are ideologically opposed to. It appears to me that in their mind, once they have made you unable to interact with your friends and family for 30 days, to them they have won. I am making this episode for my friend to be able to bring these ideas to his side and with the intention to maybe halt some of the acceleration we see occurring in our political climate. What happens when we get banned? Well, we don't disappear. They may not be able to see us, so in their minds we are gone. If they really just wanted that outcome, they could just block us. But that doesn't punish us. They want to punish us. They want to punish us for not thinking like them, for disagreeing, for speaking out. Furthermore, they will do things like find your employer, try to get you fired, wreck your life, label you a Nazi, racist, bigot, fascist, homophobe, xenophobe, whatever buzzword they're using this week. But the focus is on giving you some kind of punitive consequence for your blasphemous thought and for your speech that makes them uncomfortable goes against what they believe to be right but do we really disappear? many of us have sock accounts many of us have lots of sock accounts a sock account is an anonymous account that we shit post from that doesn't have our names or pictures You haven't made us go away until they are all gone. But let's say, for the sake of this argument, you do get us off all of our accounts on platforms where normal discourse occurs. We then get relegated to alternative platforms, such as Gab or Minds. We end up on 4chan, 8chan, anonymous message boards where banning doesn't occur at least not banning for wrong-think. For the most part, these other platforms exist and are inhabited solely by people who have been permanently deplatformed or just those temporarily using the platforms while being banned from your regular sources of normal discourse. This creates an echo chamber. But unlike your echo chamber that you've created purposely for the intentional hugbox that you feel validates your opinions and your self-worth and whatever identity you've made up this week, this echo chamber is a forced echo chamber. We don't want to be here, but here we are. This echo chamber is angry. This echo chamber is radical, and it's getting more radicalized every time you get someone banned. It began just banning us, the individuals, the people posting memes, making jokes, arguing policy positions or ideology. That wasn't enough, though it escalated you started banding our pundits our journalists our reporters our content creators then it got very serious you started going after people's payment processors people's banks the way people earn a living Not only is this unacceptable and egregious, but it's dangerous. Politicians have had campaign ads banned. How is that not election interference? Mainstream media and even alternative left wing media have been working in unison to deny and block out competitors from the marketplace now I'm no attorney but I do believe that's a violation of I think section 2 of the Sherman Antitrust Act the left is hiding behind this it's a private platform it can do whatever it wants however this is false Not only do Sherman antitrust laws come into effect, but there's also the matter of publisher versus platform. The reason that social media has the ability to not be held liable for the content that appears on their platform is that they are a platform and do not selectively decide what content can or cannot be there outside of a clearly defined Terms of Service. If they were to selectively allow things to either exist or not exist, that would make them a publisher and they would be liable. There is no Terms of Service. They're so vaguely written and ever-changing that there's no way for you to comply with the rules that will allow you to speak unless of course you're saying what they want you to say there was a particular account on twitter i used to follow quite religiously and all he did was take screenshots of blue check mark leftists of a particular tribe And reposted them in compilations Where they would say things about My fellow whites And then later admit They weren't white at all The context was always Some kind of white privilege is bad Or we need to do better Or we need to stop having children And then later on Admitting that they weren't white But a particular religion that also happens to be an ethnic group. He added no commentary to any of these things. He would just present collages of screenshots from blue checkmark verified Twitter accounts and was banned constantly, sometimes as quick as the same day he'd start a new account. So if verified Twitter profiles are allowed to say things But you aren't allowed to screenshot those things and repost them. How in the hell is their terms of services? How can you honestly say that these people are violating any kind of pre-established system of rules and regulations that determine what you're allowed to say? All of these social media companies are publishers. Facebook is no different. In the last month... I personally was banned for something I said in a forum in 2015, in the year 2019. Bans frequently don't even show you what it is you've said, they don't highlight what terms of service you've violated, I've had bans that I've appealed and won, only to find later that I've been banned over the same exact post I've already appealed in one with no option for appeal the fact that we're still having to argue if these social media companies are publishers or platforms is ridiculous and I really don't see any change coming anytime soon So now that we've covered social media and their censorship as well as the mainstream media and its collaboration with these companies to take down competition to the dying mainstream media, let's discuss what the inevitable result of this censorship will end up being. But first, let's have a friendly reminder that from about 2015 up until the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, there was violence almost daily from the left against the right at various political rallies all across the country. In some places, such as Berkeley and Portland, the police seemed to not only be in on it but failing to protect the citizens almost like this behavior was sanctioned and endorsed there was individual violence there was big mob violence speech was shut down in college campuses speakers were not allowed to give lectures This is still continuing today, the only difference is that the right seems to have stopped going to rallies outside of a few select groups. During this period for months, the media tried to legitimize this violence. It would appear that's no longer the case, but the damage has been done. The Overton window has shifted there is now an idea that words and ideas are violence therefore that violence can be met with violence and its defense when in reality it's an offense to stop words and ideas what comes next think about it you've obstructed an administration that the people voted for that hasn't been able to accomplish its goals. You have taken away not only individuals' ability to speak freely, but the journalists and pundits that these individuals listen to. You've taken their funding tried to ruin jobs you've doxed people you've tried to ruin lives what do you think the next step the inevitable progression is it's going to be violence most of the people I talk to on social media started off as Libertarians. I'm sure there's some die-hard Republican types, but for the most part, most of the people I know started off just wanting to be left alone. Libertarians have a saying. It's about the different boxes that protect liberty. It's the idea that to protect liberty, you have... The ballot box, the soap box, and the cartridge box. Which one of those boxes is left? Now, I've become pretty radical myself. I am certainly no longer a libertarian. I came to the realization that that's a utopia, no different than communism, in that it only works on paper And can never be applied in the real world. I no longer seek to be left alone. Because I know that's not possible. I also have no faith. That there's any way for us to vote ourselves out of this situation. We already did that. I'm also disillusioned with the results of that. Outside of the obstruction there is plenty of things that our guy could have done to stop a lot of these problems but he hasn't and I don't believe he will especially in regards to the censorship I don't want the violence I don't agree with the violence but I'm starting to realize that it's inevitable it will happen there's no way around it. Now, I fully believe the people in charge, these tech giants in Silicon Valley, the politicians, I really do believe that they know what's coming, which is why they keep this going. That's the other reason I'm against this idea of violence becoming the only answer, because I really don't see it ending up anywhere but totalitarianism from the state. With two groups of assholes vying over who has that power. Censorship is the tool of tyrants and despots at the very end of their reigns. When all else is failing. When they can no longer win arguments or keep people in line. When the people in charge can no longer handle dissonance. The people being censored and pushed into these dark corners of the internet. Are starting to read materials you'd probably rather them not read. Having ideas you'd probably rather them not have. And with the new election cycle coming. People are going to start going to rallies again even though they know it's a bad idea. I'm praying for peace. I really am. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think we are going to have a civil war of some type. I'm not the only one who thinks this either. Surprisingly enough, somebody as toast and centrist as Tim Pool also sees the same thing I'm seeing. Failure to break up these big tech company monopolies or go after them for their antitrust behavior. Left-wing politicians encouraging left-wing violence either directly or indirectly. Tifa journalists literally being given mainstream media platforms the demoralization and dehumanizing of calling everyone a Nazi for years now while arguing it's okay to punch Nazis all of these things pushing ever closer. To an eventual outcome that I really believe the people pushing know they know what's coming I think the people in control see that they've lost future generation the zoomers are not going to fall victim to this indoctrination this left wing bullshit This intersectional trans identity language control indoctrination. You can already see them rebelling against it. And you can already see the establishment freaking out if they've lost the future and the indoctrination is broken seems to me like they want to burn it all down now, while they still have the control they have, and the power to actually do something about collapsing it while it can be collapsed. The machine has gotten away from them, and that scares them. So to my friend on the left, I implore that you ask your audience and your friends what they think the consequences of committing violence and using anti white rhetoric, uh, visionary, demographically charged messaging, while censoring people from being able to speak freely. And trying to stifle their jobs, their lives, their incomes. Keeping them unable to interact with friends and family on social media. Ask them what they think the consequences are going to be. What option is left for an entire generation of fighting age men who are angry and unable to seek the means to express or channel that anger in any other way. What finally broke the revolution in Egypt? Is that something they really want? Are these consequences matching their expectations? LARPing as a revolutionary is cool, And your side seems to have no problem doing it. But what happens when you finally push too far and get a reaction? Will it be the reaction you want? Will it be the reaction they expected? And do you think the same tools of power you've been using to help facilitate this inevitable reaction will somehow save you? I don't think it will. I doubt you personally think it will. But it's something you need to ask your friends to my regular audience of readers and listeners. I don't Endorse or advocate for this reaction from you. But I don't believe we're in a position to really stop it. So prepare for the worst and pray for the best. It's the only thing I can really say. Put pressure on Trump about going after the censorship the things like the banking and the payment processors put pressure on him to fulfill his agenda this 180 on immigration should not be allowed to stand they don't need you if they replace you meanwhile stay subversive the 4chan pranks Like this week with the Operation Bash the Hash Shows Not only how brilliant you are And what a joke their media is But that You're really the ones in control At this point They are slaves to their outrage So use that against them And let's all hope That it won't eventually go Where I think it will This has been What They Stole From Us. Thank you for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please like, please subscribe, drop a comment below. If you're listening to this on podcast, please come and join us over at YouTube. There are some visual elements you're definitely missing. Go to www.wtsfu.com for the website, links to the blog, Facebook, Twitter, etc. Please drop a like on our various platforms. I hope you've enjoyed this. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time.